If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about how do you take a vacation when we're all on a budget and people are struggling and you still want to have some fun. So joining me today is Susan Spears. She is the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs and UACPA is the sponsor of Money Making Sense. And so we're always glad to bring Susan along. This is going to be a different conversation. You usually have me on to talk about policy or tax or something more financial. Well, this is financially related, but I think our goal today is since we're talking about fun, frugal vacations, we should just have some fun. Well, we will have fun, but I want to get out of the way right up top. I want to write off my vacation on my taxes. Why can't I do that? I knew you were going to ask something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Always has to be a tax, a little tax implication, right? Yes. It is. I mean, you know what? We're spending a lot of money on vacations and It is not uncommon for somebody, especially if you're sitting on a board or if you're president of a company or whatever, to throw a little bit of fun, drag your family along or whatever, especially if you're traveling somewhere fun, Disneyland or something. You can't write off the whole thing. You can write off the business-related portion of your vacation. So if I'm able to work in a smidgen of business, I can write some of that off. Yes. And of course, work with your CPA as you know, as you're going through that, because let's say you're having to fly to Kansas for a meeting and it's a corporate headquarters is in Kansas and you want to see where the Wizard of Oz took place and you're going to fly. Well, you have to fly to be to the meeting anyway. So yes, write off your airfare. No, you cannot write off your kids' airfare. (laughs) Write off yours because you have to go to that meeting anyway. All right. So now that we have that out of the way, I think this year in particular is going to hit a lot of people harder than it used to because gas prices are still pretty high. They continue to increase trying to pay for groceries. And if you go to a state where the grocery tax is even higher than where you live, that is going to just hurt big time. A lot of hotels are tacking on these tourist fees. They have a special name for it, but basically it's a tourist fee. So that's on top of the price they quote you. So they'll say, oh, your room is $100 a night. Well, you go to check out and there's this extra $35 or $50 per night tourist fee. It's insane. It's nuts. For for a while, many of us didn't travel. COVID kind of kept us homebound, if you will. And now we're getting back into this. People are vacationing more. I mean, even with inflation, we're seeing people vacationing more, which is kind of scary, especially if you're buying your groceries on your credit card. Do not plan a luxurious vacation if you're struggling. There are ways around that. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I've noticed even on my own, as as I do my own travel budget and whatnot, I've had to up the kind of average amount that I'm that I would expect to pay for hotel fee rooms just because of the increase in fees. And then the other thing is food. Yeah. I mean food. I've been kind of shocked as I've been traveling more. It's like, man, I feel like I need to just stuff my you know, go to the grocery store and buy some ramen or something because the food is so expensive at the hotels. 
I mean, don't do room service, so you're really going to have to mortgage your house yeah. um, just with the extra fees and tips and all that kind of stuff. So you really have to be aware of what does that one night stay per night stay at the hotel? What really is that? It is not just the $100 main charge. There's more to it than that. Yeah, I think this is why the RV industry is really taken off, especially, well, during the pandemic it did because you couldn't go to a lot of hotels for a while. But now, now that you can go to a hotel, but you look at prices and the cost of food, some people may believe, well, if I just drive myself in my own camper van, I can save a lot of fees that way. But you're still having to pay for gas, and the camper vans don't get very good gas mileage. No, and I think you also have to think about what kind of vacationer are you? You, you know, um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. For me, if, if I don't get out of the state, it's not a vacation because for whatever reason, my work will be calling to me. So I'm, I'm happy to go up in the hills where there's no internet or whatever and hike around and kind of reconnect with sunshine and earth again. But if you're not a camper type person, then it's not going to be a vacation. It's just going to be drudge. And so I think you have to spend a minute and think, okay, what do I really enjoy? And really what is going to kind of help me? I mean, we go on vacation to rest, right? Or just have a change of pace. So you have to think about what kind of vacationer you are. And if you're someone that likes to fly and do the hotel thing and the tours and all that, I'm going to strongly recommend that you better do some pre-planning because even in today's environment, you can't just on a whim decide you're going to fly somewhere and have it be okay. I mean, things have changed a lot in the last three or four years, even in the last year. Yeah, I would say people who typically don't struggle necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but do have to stay within a certain budget for themselves when they go on vacation, that budget isn't going to go as far as it did a year or two years ago. So yeah, you're right. It's it's all about planning. Mm-hmm. You got to do your research right now. Research where it is you're going. Research the different airfares. Is driving actually cheaper than flying or maybe taking a train? I, I've actually thought the train might be a little bit romantic it's sort of a lazier way to see the country. It's just outside the window and you just see the scenery go by, but that could possibly, depending on where you're going and King, what company, maybe that's something to think about. You know, and a lot of people do, and it's airplanes going to get you there the fastest. Airplane is also going to be the most expensive per person. So if you're flying a family of five across country to somewhere, you're going to have a small fee there, big fee. If you can do a train ride, you know, for part of that, it's going to be substantially less. I think you're right. It is more relaxing. I I like train. I mean, when I've traveled, I've actually done some train riding. And you do get to see the countryside and kind of be able to explore after stops and whatnot. But you still have to plan what those look like. Whether we like it or not, we need a vacation budget and kind of be able to break that down and understand where do we want to spend the money and the time that we have to do this vacation, you know, so we have plane, train, auto here in the States, you know, those are kind of our choices or buses once we get into the cities, lots to consider. We need to take a break. When we come back, we want to jump into 
how can we potentially budget? Because there are some ways you can save money that maybe you haven't thought about. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that that affects your life in any way, money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're talking about vacations, how to have a fun vacation in a frugal manner if you need to. And I think probably 90% of the American society actually has to be frugal nowadays because of inflation and a whole bunch of other factors. Joining me today is Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs, and One of the things that people may not think about, especially if you're a little bit older, if you're 50 or older, you can join AARP. And because of that membership, many, many restaurants and hotels give discounts if you're an AARP member. And so that could be one way to save on those hotel rooms and the food if you're eating out. Yeah, you know, those senior discounts... um... You know, 10, 20% on a meal, it adds up. I mean, how many times a day do we eat? You know, and if you're on vacation, you certainly aren't at home cooking. And typically, you're not going to rent a suite at a hotel where you can have your own stove so that you can go buy groceries and that. Although, I will admit, when we had younger kids, we would sometimes do that. We would stay at a Best Western or something that had a suite, and it was just easier to get some things that the kids liked, and we would maybe eat in our little kitchenette or whatever, a couple meals, then go out to dinner at night or whatever, just to, I mean, it saved a little bit of money, but it also was kind of that food familiarity as well. Yeah. And I took a vacation in Europe many years ago, and it was during the summertime. And so where we wound up staying, it was in Scotland, was a dormitory. So the college that was there would rent out their dormitories. And so, A, it was super cheap. Now, these weren't four-star rooms, trust me, because, you know, the rest of the time you've got students living in them. But they were neat and they're clean and they had clean sheets and it had the kitchenette. So not only was the room cheaper than any hotel we could find around there, but each wing of the dorm came with six rooms and there were five of us traveling. So we each had our own room and we had a kitchenette. So we would just buy food and cook it and it saved us a whole lot of money. If you can look around, I think the U.S., not everywhere, but some places, if you get to a college campus, they may rent out their dorms as well. And that could be a really nice, cheap alternative. That's a great idea. I hadn't thought of that, but but you're right. Europe does that. The other thing, and I know that the hotel industry doesn't like this, but, you know, oftentimes the VRBOs can be cheaper than the hotels as well. We've seen that often. If you're staying in an apartment or a small home or whatever, you know, you have that facility. Plus, you don't have to worry about anyone banging on the other wall, typically. Right. So you have that little bit of privacy, maybe a little bit more freedom, but it it affords you some other options. Yeah. Again, research. If, no, if normally you stay in a hotel and you're trying to get the cheapest deal, you're going to do that research. So you just have to do a little bit more to try to find some alternatives. If, one other area, Susan, that if you are trying to get into a hotel is what if you don't want to take a vacation in the summertime? Because that's when most people travel. What would be another thing to do? Well, you know, another thought is do off-peak travel. If you want to go to Disneyland, rather than going June through August like everybody else, maybe you go in January 
or maybe maybe you go in October if you have that flexibility. Kind of look at off-peak travel because oftentimes hotels will be cheaper. Airfare, of course, you still have to do your homework on that. Right. And when I worked at the airlines, I only had to pay the taxes on a ticket. So it was really good deal. But you also had to travel standby, meaning if there was a seat available, I got on. As an airline employee, you cannot travel during peaks travel. That's holidays, a lot of the summer as well. So I learned to travel an off-peak season. So whenever I'd visit my family, it was always like late January, early February. So we would celebrate Christmas later. Same thing with Thanksgiving. We'd have a big Thanksgiving, not on Thanksgiving, because I couldn't travel during those times. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing cast in stone that says you have to travel X date, you, you know, do what works for you and do what works for your budget. But also, if you're going the RV route, you got to be careful where you're going because some places they don't allow you to park on streets. Here in Utah, most of the national parks don't let you camp inside the national parks anymore. You have to camp off the national park area. So it, it takes a little bit of time to figure out where you can go. Yeah, you have to map out your adventure yeah. in a way, you, you know. And, and a lot, and along those along those lines, I mean, you know, if you're RVing or hotel hopping or whatever, if you're going to museums or zip lines or whatever, it's recommended more and more that you get those. You have to sign up for those in advance. You know, you have to reserve your spot. I was in D.C. a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, you've always had to if you were going to go to the White House or. The African American Museum or some of these places, you they've got waiting times months out. Even the National Zoo, where you used to be able just to walk in, you have to have a ticket now. Even though it's free, you you had to have a ticket and kind of sign up for the time slot that you wanted to be in there. That was kind of surprising to me because it wasn't that way three or four years ago. So have an idea of what you want to do and do some pre-planning. And if you're having to pay museum prices and stuff like that, ask if there are any discounts or promo codes. You're doing these online. So often you'll know there's a promo code. If as you go to check out, there's the box that says apply promo code. Click on another tab and search for that promo code. Yeah, and there's also a lot of apps out there that don't cost anything. Now, some do, but there are apps out there that you can just add to your browser bar and it will automatically check what is the best price or they'll check for those coupon codes. And right when you get to the, the checkout screen, if you're doing this online, it will say, oh, wait, hang on a sec. Let me make sure you've got the best deal. And you have to say, yes, please check for the best deal and it'll apply a coupon code. Now, you have to allow those apps access to <laughs> to yourself. So some people aren't comfortable with that. But there are a lot of different ways to figure out if you can get a discount, whether it's joining a club or some of these browser bar things, or like you said, just do your research and try to find codes. Yeah. And you know, there's always the old fashioned way of making a good old fashioned phone call. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'd have to I use know. my fingers and dial Susan. <laughs> and actually talk to somebody. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you go to some of these places and that's how, how they're operating. Yeah. And the answer is no if you don't ask. 
I mean, that's kind of my little mantra. The answer is no if you don't ask. It's being willing to put yourself out there a little bit and, and asking the questions. I think the days are gone unless, you know, you're in a position of just being carte blanche. But we all really need to be careful with the resources we have. We're just in a time right now where there's a lot of uncertainty. But uncertainty doesn't mean that we can't take a break. We're going to take one more break ourselves. And when we come back, we'll touch on a subject that what if you can't get out of town? So we'll be right back with Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way, money-wise. We're talking about it. Today we're talking about fun, frugal vacations. How do you take a vacation in this time of inflation and still have fun and stay within budget? So joining me is Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. So Susan, one thing we forgot to talk about, though, when we were talking about planning and research whether driving or a train or a plane would be cheaper is the cost of your plane ticket can vary a lot depending on when you buy it. Yeah, you're right. I'm traveling again with business and trying to do a little bit of personal fun. And I've noticed as I, as I plan some of these trips, if I have two or three months of late runway, if you will, to, to book that airline ticket, I get a better deal Things like the sweet spot's about three months out as opposed to a month. And if you're booking the, the week before, you're kind of sunk. Pretty true across some of the ma- major carriers is if you know that you're going to go somewhere and you know well in advance, three months seems to be the sweet spot. But again, you kind of play with it a little bit. And then also, if you can fly on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, Sometimes airline prices can be 20 plus percent cheaper on those days as opposed to flying on a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, definitely. If you are at all flexible with your work time and not have to leave on a Thursday night, Friday, and come back Monday or Tuesday, something like that, whether it's just the four days or a 10 day and you come back the following Monday, Tuesday, don't do those days. Don't fly out Friday and come back Monday. Your ticket will be 10 times more expensive than if you do, like you said, leave and return on a Tuesday, Wednesday type thing. Yeah. If you have that opportunity and then that gives you the ability wherever you're at to maybe enjoy a weekend at that place without having to make it a travel day, you know, just kind of, we live in a world of remote working, a flex time world. I think that's easier to do in today's environment as opposed to even the way it was five years ago. And there is definitely fewer passengers in an airport on a Tuesday and Wednesday than there is pretty much the whole rest of the week. Like Friday late afternoon all the way to Sunday afternoon is bad. I used to work at an airport and trust me, I know. (laughs) Well, and I've been on the other side of that. I mean, I do take that in consideration when I fly. It's like, uh, do I really have to go on Saturday or can I, I mean, if I can get a direct on an early Monday morning, I'm all over it. Or even a Tuesday, you know, it just kind of depends on where I'm going. We have one other topic to talk about on vacations. What if I've looked at my budget and first of all, I'm not a camper. I'm not going to do the RV thing and I'm not going to pay for gas. I can't afford a plane ticket. I can't do the bus or train thing. It takes too long. 
my only option now is I pretty much have to stay at home. So how much fun can I have? Well, if you're me and you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off all the time, to me, that sounds like a bit of heaven. But if you're kind of that budget restrained and you've got small kids and you're just all ready for a break, you can do a staycation. You can plan things to do as a family or whatever, whether it's going to the park and just playing baseball or just, you know, just goofing off, take a picnic lunch. You can go hiking. I mean, I know here in Utah, there are hikes everywhere. Every city has somewhere to go hiking, whether it's simple up to rugged um, or the desert museums. With our kids, I used to play tourist in my own city. And it was kind of fun because it's like, you get used to what you have in your own city because you live there. But then when you kind of, you learn things about your own city that you might not otherwise learn. Yeah. Think about if you didn't live here and you were a tourist coming to visit your own city, what would a tourist do? And have you been there? Have you seen it? Because maybe you haven't. It's just always there. And so you think, oh, I can go at some point, but you never went to, you never did. One thing that my parents used to do is ship me off to a friend's house overnight, and then they would have a nice, I'm assuming some type of romantic whatever. (laughs) But if you have friends or family who can maybe take your kids for just a night, even if it's two nights, great. But then maybe you can have a pretend like spa in your own house. Do the bubble bath. You know, maybe get a massage something like that. Yeah, you might have to put out a little bit of money, but at least you're being relaxed and you're not dealing with work and turn off your phone. You know what? That's a huge vacation in and of itself. I mean, for I don't know what it is, but we're so addicted to those little black boxes that we carry around in our back pocket. But sometimes just disconnecting from that is a great mental reprieve. I mean, I mean, think about it. How many texts do we get and all that kind of stuff? 99% of them can wait. We just have to reprogram ourselves that it's okay to take some some downtime. We do not need to have FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out in our lives. We're not going to miss out. It's going to be okay. (laughs) That's definitely for the younger generation that grew up with the phones because we grew up with If somebody called and you weren't at home, the only option was to leave a message. And that's if you had an answering machine. Because I actually remember the days when there weren't answering machines. Keep calling back. Yeah. And nothing tragic happened to me without the answering machine or once I got an answering machine, receiving those messages later on. Right. It's it's okay. And I think that we've kind of, as a society, we work ourselves up in a frenzy. So... Just to be able to have an evening off um, or even a half day or a couple hours can be so regenerating to the soul. And that that's one of the reasons we go on vacation. I mean, just to kind of regenerate, regroup, and get that much-needed break. So I, I don't think a staycation is a bad thing, and I don't think that it's anything to hang your head down at. I mean, I mean, I think that we all live in cities and states that have so much to offer that we just are blind to because we're there. Like you said, we're there. We'll get around to it someday. And then someday never comes. All right, Susan, as we wrap things up, is there anything else that we think listeners might want to consider or think about as we're coming into summer and have to really start looking at our pocketbook if we want to take vacation? 
plan ahead. We, we've talked about that. I think we've in every segment we've hit that. Think about what you like, what you enjoy. Maybe think about something that you haven't done before that you might like to try. And of course, take sunscreen with you. All right. Thank you so much, Susan Spears. You are the CEO of UACPA, which is also the sponsor of Money Making Sense. And I love having you with me on this journey. Oh, thank you. Thank you always. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.